Welcome to Season 2 of Shock Your Potential. This podcast is designed to help you to achieve your best self professionally and personally. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. My guests bring a wealth of experience, and their stories hold messages that transform me with every conversation. I seek out those whose businesses, lives, and causes challenge me to be my best, and hopefully, they will impact you just as much. I'm an author and speaker on leadership, sales, and the customer experience, and I want to help you to shock your potential. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And now, let's meet our next guest. Welcome and thank you for joining me again on another episode of Shock Your Potential, where we focus on excellence in leadership, sales, and the customer experience. And part of that journey is really learning about yourself and how to unlock different keys and traits within yourself as an individual in order to achieve some of those things that will make you stand out in business. So my guest today, I think, is going to help us really take a look at this from a different perspective. And I'm going to screw up his last name. And those of you who listen to me, you know, I always do this no matter how I try and write it out phonetically. But I have a guest today. His name is Harry. And I'm going to say Calumnius. Harry, did I get that even correct? Brilliant. You, you got that completely correct. Totally correct. Yes. That's why I was an English major. And if I write it down phonetically, sometimes I actually get it right. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much for joining well, me today. Thank Aaron. you so much for having me. It's my absolute pleasure. This is going to be wonderful. I know you are calling in from London today and you said you were at one of the WeWork locations. I'm going to want to ask you about that a little bit later because I'm very yeah. intrigued by that business model. But Harry, tell us a little bit about you, your business, what you do and why you think, think it's important and feel it's important to shock your potential customers or the clients that you work with. Yeah. So um, I'm a consultant, speaker, and coach on the topics of mindset, resilience, health, well-being, and what I call how to feel superhuman. And um, so really I help people fulfill their potential. But in, I guess in the shocking way is is really the simplicity of, of it all, really. I think a lot of people, they look for overcomplicated solutions to what inherently require simple solutions. And so I really talk about self-leadership and, and that, that path to self-leadership because we're all leaders, even if all we're leading is ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that path to self-leadership really comes from optimizing yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So a lot of people will think that, you know, it comes from the different tools and techniques and management techniques and all these things that, that are nice to have and great. And yet if you put those if you like software programs on a machine that's not running well, it's not going to work well. Mm-hmm. And and so really where I start with this idea of leadership is actually really it's around health and well-being. Um, but I position it as leadership because really if, if you don't have the energy, health, vitality in order to make good decisions, in order to have good relationships, in order to um, run a business, in order to run a division, um, you're not going to succeed over the long term and you might have a few elements in place which help you succeed short term but unless you have um, the, the areas that I've identified at least in over the long term whether it's you know five years or five, 50 years at some point something's going to break Absolutely. Um, yeah so I guess that's you know 
partly what shocks customers is that you know a there's there's not one silver bullet to all these things but b uh, those things that are required are generally uh grandmother's wisdom if you like yeah it's simple things and it's it is so important and as you were speaking i was thinking about two things myself as a you know young up and coming manager many, many decades ago, and how I was always running as fast as I could. And I was, you know, working myself to exhaustion until, you know, there was a point where I just remember like, I, there's nothing left. Mm -hmm. I have no gas left in the gas tank. And, you know, so I learned that the hard way, but I had a guest on uh, last week that I was interviewing and he was, he had a similar story and he said, you know, I was at this meeting, I was the top salesperson, I was blowing everybody out of the water and I was talking to, you know, and um, somebody that I wanted to emulate and, you know, that was really, you know, I, you know, I wanted to show him what I was made of. And I said, I kept telling him how hard I was working. And he said, you know, the guy just looked at me and kind of nodded his head and finally said, don't you have a young son at home? Hmm. And, and Tom said, uh, yeah, I have a brand new baby. And he goes, hmm, you know, how much are you giving up of your time with your son to be working so hard? And he said, if you really want to impress me, do what you're doing in half the time yeah. with more energy focused on balance of your life. And he was like, oh, Absolutely. and it was such a great reminder. Yeah, because I mean, people think that if they work long, they're working hard, but really it just shows that you're rubbish at your job. Um, I think it's like, <laughs> it's like um, you know, I, okay, that's that's me being flippant, of course. Um, <laughs> I but, love it though. <laughs> but, you know, you know, if, I, I used to work, um, so just a very loose background, I, I used to work at the London Stock Exchange um, and I used mm -hmm. to work um, not within the financial part, but within IT. Um, but my boss um, or my boss's boss used to do a lot of FaceTime. This is before Apple FaceTime. What I mean by FaceTime is being present, yeah, even right, though you're playing solitaire, solitaire on the computer, which he was one day because his <laughs> boss was sat opposite him and she was there because her boss was in, in the office. And I was just like, and I, I at the time was just going home at like at that time. I, that was reasonably late. I think that was like maybe or late for us I guess it was like seven o'clock or seven thirty, and I, I was probably off to the gym or off out somewhere but for me personally I didn't stay that late ever because unless I had work to do but most of the time the thing is there's always work to do right mm -hmm. so you have to set boundaries and you know I decided when I was working there uh, two days a week for example on on Tuesdays and Thursdays I would leave at five thirty on the dot so I can make it to the yoga class at six o'clock because mm -hmm. You know, I had a neck issue at the time and I was like, you know, I don't want to grow up being like <laughs> some of the old people I see in the street all hunched over. Yes. And, and actually a lot of the young people I see now with the proliferation of laptop working and people working on couches and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I became very, um, very kind of focused on, on making sure that my free time is my free time and actually creating more focus in my work um and when i left the stock exchange um and i i set up the the, the business i did i set it up in tandem with being a, uh, like a consultant within it service management so that i could uh work at a big retailer actually sainsbury's it's kind of like not not like a walmart but it's, it's kind of like a big supermarket chain here and um there i was you know super focused and i was able to get my work done in you know a quarter of the time um you know which afforded me the ability to to actually add improvements to mm. to the team um you know whether that's like new email templates new you know plans new whatever it was um so it's not really about working longer it's about working smarter but also you know recognizing that if you've got nothing to give 
you know, if you've burnt yourself out, um, you have nothing. You're not going to be productive. You're not going to be good with your children. You're not going to be good with your spouse. Um, you have no use to your boss. I'm reading this book at the moment um, by, I guess it was someone from Stanford, from your your, your side of the, the pond. Um, I can't remember his name. It's Jeffrey, someone or other, mm. dying for a paycheck. But it's um, it goes into a lot of detail on on the health implications of, of the workforce, both in America and elsewhere, and, and how literally people are uh, running themselves to the ground. And at the end of the day, I said this uh, to someone else earlier today, um, everyone whether you're at the top of an organization or at the bottom is a CEO. And by mm, CEO, I yourself. mean uh, chief energy officer. And you've got to make sure that you bring the energy to your team, to your uh, to your workforce, to um, you know the rest of your employees. And if you can't, um, if you can't look after yourself, then it's going to be very hard to be able to move other things forward. I mean, sure, in the short term, things can happen, but over the long term, probably not going to be that that successful. Well, one of the things that you said is you said, I made sure I was creating more focus in my work. And I think that's really important because, you know, I've led hundreds and hundreds of people and it has been really important for me as a leader when I was leading those groups to say, I need you to have balance, work-life balance. And let me tell you why, because I've had times in my life where I didn't and it was destructive. And, but what I found is that I had a number of people that actually, I think that they didn't take it the way I wanted to. So it was almost like they were trying to find life work balance. So let's have more life and then I'll work a little bit when I can do it. And I needed them to mm -hmm. work at their job when they were there with all the focus and energy they could. But then when you walk away, walk mm -hmm. away from it, shut down your computer, yeah. you know, don't answer the email at midnight. It doesn't impress me that you're responding to emails at midnight. But when you are at work, I need you to have that focus. And I think that's a great point about creating the focus so your time at work is really, really productive and you feel great about it so that when you walk away to the rest of your life, you say, gosh, that was great. I accomplished so much today. Now let's go see what I can do for myself or whether that's in little pieces during the day. It's not just one having balance over the other. You have to find the ability to find the tandem and still be effective. Yeah, absolutely. You know, maybe another term is, you know, work-life integration, which maybe is, is this, you know, that idea where, and, and the thing is, it is challenging because, you know, boundaries between work and home are, are more blurred than ever, of course, with, you know, smartphones and mobile working, and it's up to the individual to a large degree, especially if you work for yourself. And it's really important. I, in fact, I was just talking to somebody else uh, the other day as well who was talking about a study, and I can't remember the numbers he shared, but even with, um, and it was really designed towards millennials. Uh, I'm not sure why, just because that's who they were testing, but there was a study that showed what percentage of them, even when they power their phones off entirely, but they leave them next to their bed, how, in essence, feel or hear phantom buzzes or rings of their phone. And I think that's really telling, you know, and I'm not saying that everybody needs to be completely technology free because there are wonderful things that we can do with it. But if that's a case of what's happening to us, how does that get in the way to your points? You know, and I want to kind of segue into, you know, when tapping into your superpowers, but how do those things really, truly, we got to recognize they get in the way of that balance of life and health and mental uh, the ability to mentally separate and step away from, you know, what we tend to define it our, as ourselves, part of ourselves okay. with our work. Yeah. So uh, as part of the, the boundaries that have both physical boundaries in terms of having different rooms is also that I have this philosophy called nine after nine. So if you're a German speaker, you'll know that the word nine 
means no in German. And so what does that mean? No what? It means no phone. So a phone goes into airplane mode. The internet goes off. The laptop is shut down. Now, I'm not perfect. It doesn't happen every day like this. But that's the philosophy. So that at nine o'clock, even my clocks get turned around. Um, well, I don't have any clocks. I've got like little watches. Uh, purely because the last thing that people do before they go to bed often is look at the time or look at their phone and then realize they've only got like five hours before they need to get up or six hours and they have this shot of cortisol going into their system which at that time isn't going to serve them in any way and they can't change the time they're going to bed so I, I tend to have the phone off and everything off from nine till uh, nine o'clock the next morning and uh, and quite often during the day as well so that I have focused, uh, focused time, but just certainly in the evening, I don't want to have messages and, you know, I'm not a heart surgeon. I'm not on call. I don't have responsibilities like that. Um, and if you are on call, then it's a slightly different matter. And I have spent three years on call when I was at stock exchange and it's, you never get a good sleep and you never have a boundary set. So, um, you know, technology is great as long as we don't become a slave to technology. I, I say to people, there's only two things that you should be reaching for first thing in the morning. And that's either, you know, a large glass of water or your significant other. <laughs> not in that order necessarily. <laughs> not, not necessarily in that order, but it definitely shouldn't be the phone. I you know, agree. How many, how many people are reaching for the phone first thing in the morning? I mean, my phone uh, does sometimes live in the bedroom, but it lives at the other end of, of my, my room, certainly not near my head. And mm -hmm. and quite often I can forget about the phone. It could be in my bag and, uh, and I've forgotten about it until the next day or something. Um, you know, and I've just kind of trained myself to do that over time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not no Luddite or anything like that. I, I love technology. But mm -hmm. remember, we are the masters of it, not the other way around. At least right. not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> we'll see. So talk to me about helping people to understand the superpower, or the superhuman within them. Long story short or short story long, depending on how it goes, um, is that I, after I left the stock exchange, I started looking at other high performing individuals um, and I started going down a bit of a rabbit hole of personal development, which led me into the health and well-being sphere as I started to realize just how important uh, health and well-being was to, um, to performing in every, every area. And I was always quite a fit person, but I wasn't necessarily the healthiest person. And through that um, process, um, I started making lots of changes to my own life, which over many years resulted in increased focus, productivity, better health, less illness, more energy, um, just all manner of things. And then I formulated what I'd done effectively into like a big sheet of paper and re recognized that all of those areas fell into one of four buckets. Um, and these four buckets is, is effectively what became known as the leadership beat model. So beat as in beat of the drum, um, or, uh, what I say, living on beat, uh, when you feel on beat or off beat and those four, four areas really dictate the health and well-being and energy and vitality of an individual, but also, you know, contributes to their, you know, their mental resilience, their physical resilience to, to things. And I can, you know, um, share with, with the listeners what those four things are briefly as well, if you wish. I would love that. Let's take a quick moment to hear from our sponsor. And when we come back, we will be able to hold everybody's attention to the four elements that make up BEAT. Do you want effortless lead generation at an extremely affordable price? Then you need to know about the Royalty Gem with an IE, 
not a why. This breakthrough technology serves as a remote proximity marketing device, allowing you to reach customers and clients in a very unique manner. The Royalty Gem is a tiny wireless device that sends your message and website to every nearby Android phone up to a thousand meters away, depending on the gem you choose. I began using the Royalty Gem over a year ago. I spend $25 a month for a hundred meter radius, and my return on investment has been outstanding. I can change my marketing messages frequently as I like, but I most often use it to promote this very podcast. Whether I'm walking through downtown Philadelphia, through a busy airport, or even while dining out, my royalty gem, sitting in my purse, brings me hundreds of new listeners each month. To learn more, visit www.royalty.com backslash question mark AF equals shock your potential. And remember, that's royalty with an IE, not with a Y. This link will also be available on our websites at shockyourpotential.com, shockyourpotentialpodcast.com, and of course, via the show notes for this episode. Once again, visit www.royalty.com backslash question mark AF equals shockyourpotential to learn more about how Royalty Gem can help you to shock your business potential. Welcome back. I'm glad that you all came back because I know you are sitting on the edge of your seat to find out about the beat. I know every once in a while I make up a pun or a rhyme or a song, but uh, I felt that was uh, vital in this one. So Harry, we were talking about the uh, the components uh, that make up beat that uh, are part of finding our superhero within ourselves. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the first uh, the first thing B really is, is a metaphor. And my brand name or my company name is called the thought gym so it's about thinking and I recognized early on that in order to make real change people need to change their their way of thinking their identity around who they believe they are because so many people end up um, repeating the same patterns over and over again whether that's joining the gym in January and giving up by February or starting a new diet and quitting (laughs) after six weeks you know uh, because they don't change the they're trying to change behavior without changing the mindset behind the behavior so B is really all about mindset, psychology, um, about your identity, values of belief. So the, the metaphor in this uh, form is brain. Okay, so B stands for brain, and that's about those items, but also things like education, growth, learning, and, and, that, and how they contribute to actually feeling energized. So if you imagine going to work, the same work day after day, but on this particular day, you, you're going on a course at your job, that you've been fighting for your boss for for six months to get onto, like I remember I did for my, my Prince 2 project management course, um, you suddenly have got more of a spring in your step and you've got a little bit more energy, even though you've had the same commute, you've got the same building. Um, so, so growth is uh, is in under the brain section. Um, e stands for elements, and that's all about how you nourish your body from the inside and out. So the five elements that I refer to from ancient Greek culture are air, air, water, earth, fire, and ether, okay? Um, And then metaphors for how you nourish your body. So we've got air, which is a metaphor for your breath, breathing techniques, okay? Pranayama and people like Wim Hof now becoming popular with his breathing things. And so there's lots around breath work, okay? I study yoga and Eastern Eastern arts like that. And obviously 
been a massive part for for millennia. Water is about water, obviously drinking enough water, but the right quality of water mm. and the way that water plays a part in our in our society and, and everything really. Earth is about the food that we get from the earth. Mm-hmm. Okay, is it earth grown food? Yes. Uh, has it grown the earth? Um, or is it made in a in a plant? <laughs> you know, <laughs> is it made by 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 a man like three weeks ago somewhere that can last for 15 years. You're telling me I have um, to give up my Cheetos. <laughs> uh, I never well, I mean, are, are, they, are, they, are they food? Are they food? <laughs> I, um, and my philosophy is not 100% either on that. It's, it's usually an 80 20 rule. But, um, but it's also about your relationship with the earth. So, you know, uh, touching the earth, physically touching the earth, which is what I was doing literally half an hour before coming here, barefoot on the ground. Um, there's lots of benefits to being barefoot onto the ground. Um, then we've got uh, fire. So fire is all about sunlight, being outside, mm-hmm. vitamin D, being in nature. Um, and then ether is all about, uh, so ether is this invisible environment around you. The environment, your physical environment, is it set up for, you know, do you have a tidy desk area? Can you work, be more productive there, you know, in a tidy house? Um, is it set up for exercise and movement? But your chemical environment, your skincare products, your hair products, your... Uh, cleaning products, all the toxins that we've got now, like thousands and thousands of chemicals in the system the last, well, tens of thousands in the last uh, few decades that we weren't exposed to before. What impact is that having on our health? Mm-hmm. Uh, but also the invisible environment, um, what's helping us communicate now, like the the Wi-Fi and the Bluetooth, all of these things uh, and the impact that they have. Yes. Uh, so that's elements. And then we've got A. A stands for activity. And most people think activity is around exercise and it is about exercise but it's more than exercise it's movement and beyond movement it's about everything that you do in a day so this is about the people you interact with do you hang out with you know energy angels or energy vampires you know inspired people or not you know do you have passion and purpose in your life do you offer yourself in service by doing volunteer work do you have rituals and routines in your life that support you do you laugh do you play so this is all around activity. And then finally, the last section is really about how you rest, repair your body. So it's called tranquility, T for tranquility. And that's all about sleep, you know, massage, meditation, fasting, digital nutrition or digital detoxing, um, time off, holidays, uh, mindfulness, um, a whole host of things. And the thing is, most people, when they look at health and well-being, they think diet and exercise, possibly they might think of sleep. But rarely, very rarely, I mean, all those three factors are massively important. But mostly they, they forget mindset, but also, you know, within the E part, the elements part, diet is in there, but there's so many other things in there. Within A for activity, exercise is in there, but there's so many other things in there. So you can eat well, you can sleep well, you can, you can move well, but you still might have no passion in your life and you still <laughs> might have no energy. <laughs> You know? So you're just plugging away, right? Yeah, exactly. So so once you understand what goes into it, and it's not to say that you have to have everything I talk about like at 100%, but once you have that awareness, you can say to yourself, okay, if I'm feeling offbeat today, where is it from the BEAT that I need to focus? Is it my sleep? Is it my connection with human connection with people, especially now in this you know, digital world, remote working, all of this, we spend less time with people. Now we can, we don't have to go even to order food or to go grocery shopping. So we can, we can, <laughs> so we can live our lives without interacting with anyone. And then suddenly we're like, I don't understand why I don't feel good. I've had my 
green smoothie. I've been meditating. I've been sleeping. But actually, you know what? I haven't seen anyone in 16 weeks. You know, <laughs> and, and I haven't figured it out. And now I'm a hermit. Yeah, exactly. So, so all of those things are, in my view, important. Obviously, in different in different uh, balances. But but really, once you get to that point, it starts to bring out a lot more energy within you. It starts to to change you to the point where you can become the best parent, the best spouse, the best. Um, brother sister the best employee or the best employer uh, and you can develop your own self-leadership skills so that you can 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 ultimately be someone that people maybe want to emulate part of not necessarily all of but part of and and become a, a leader in that way i think that's a really great points because you know there's some of the things you were even talking about activity and i think there's so many people that think that the only way activity counts is if you are out running or you're exercising. And those are important. I mean, we need them for fitness. But just the the thought of moving, and it's funny, just in the last couple of weeks, I have decided that every time during the day that it's feasible, and it's not when I'm typing, but when I'm taping a podcast episode, or if I'm listening to one of my tapes, or, you know, or I'm editing something, I can sit on my yoga ball instead of my chair. And it's just that sense of a different kind of movement that makes me feel lighter and freer. And there's a sense of childlike wonder that it gets back into my day. And I love what I do now. I mean, this is a fabulous time in my life and career, but it is sometimes very lonely. If I'm not out on the road, you know, and I'm home, there's a sense of, where do I fit in my place? Well, just even this makes me feel like, okay, when I get done with this taping, I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk around the house. I'm going to go take a look at my garden and I'm going to probably, you know, connect with my neighbor because we're trying to get together to do something. It's just those little things that keep you fresh as an, as a whole person. Yeah. And like you said, you've got to integrate this as well, because if you add, if you just add another thing to do, it's, it's a lot harder. Now I'm, I'm all for exercise in the structured way. I, I tend to do that, but it's not the way for everyone. Right. And in fact, if you are someone who sits at the desk eight hours a day and works out every day for an hour, you're actually <laughs> only about 4% less sedentary than someone that doesn't do anything. Now, right. am I saying don't bother working out? Of course not. But what I'm saying is that, you know, movement interspersed throughout the day is so vitally imp- important. And and even if you can, like, play-like movement is great. I mean, I, I was with my five- and four-year-old nieces yesterday, and we were, you know, I was teaching them some some moves. Like, one of the things I do is yoga quite a lot, and I, I practice this form of yoga, which is kind of like a fusion of martial arts, animal moves, primal pattern movements. And so we were doing lots mm-hmm. of, like, you know, chimpanzee walking and gorilla walking. <laughs> and handstands and cartwheels and, and things like that and you know the five-year-old she does gymnastics so she's coming on a fair bit now as well and and that that's sheer play but I mm-hmm. literally I was teaching it last weekend at a festival with you know 20 30 40 50 60 year olds and we're getting into that childlike play and the, the, the smile on their face at the end of it so it's not about going and pounding out miles and miles in the gym or on the streets it's about you know finding what ultimately what sings to you like what what makes your heart sing um and doing that and and you know i have a whole i think i've got a blog post on the seven items to look for in terms of exercise all beginning with the letter s things like strength suppleness stamina speed skill um and then spirit and significance are in there as well and that just means what's important to you in exercise is it important to be around people is it important to be outside is it important to have some kind of grading or belt system know what's important to you because if you don't do what's important to you you're not going to keep it up um uh, and spirit does it enliven your spirit does it make you have fun 
you know or does it maybe bring you to a higher higher purpose maybe things like yoga maybe i don't know um so yeah it's important to to find what works for you but also to, to realize that you don't need any kind of gym you know walking up and down the stairs um you know using a standing desk and then part interspersing that with sitting and then moving every 25 45 minutes um that's enough yeah. a lot of the time just make sure that you're yeah that you're aware of it and i think the awareness is such a key factor yeah always yeah well we are getting near the end of our time but i don't want to uh, lose you without the two important questions that i always ask and one is i ask everyone to share with me the best example that you've had as a recipient a recipient of an excellent leadership sales or customer experience that has had an impact on you that shocked you I was going to say a, a different example. They were both to do with leadership. But if I would say, I think the best example of leadership comes from my parents um, as, as being maybe a, a bit of a cop-out. But the thing is, at the end of the day, if you can lead a family, right, then it's, it's a lot e easier, I think, to lead other people because we can be troublesome. But what I've realized with my family, um, <laughs> and it's only kind of come apparent in the last few years as I see people like my mum who looks after the nieces for days at a time from my sisters um and and I see my other friends who've got children and their you know parents aren't doing it quite the same way um just how beneficial it is for for the girls and the, the amount of time and effort she puts in so she's not like just looking after them or babysitting them she's you know she's teaching them Greek okay she's play she's teaching them piano she's She's teaching them how to bake cakes and do collages and do amazing things like that. And so she obviously it's massively time intensive and she loves it when I come around. But I mean, you know, Gandhi often said, like, be the change you want to see in the world. And we, we can't change other people. But if you if you become the best person that you can be and, and viewing them as parents and, and raising three children and another three grandchildren, I think that's a really great example of leadership for me. And I don't think we have to have these grandiose ideas of leadership where it's, you know, got to be a CEO or got to be, it's like start, you know, at the, at the base levels, you know, your, your family, the leaders in your community, where are the examples that you can take and emulate? And I think ultimately they're great leaders because they care. Okay. And, and if you care about your employees, if you care about your team, um, then a lot of the other stuff you're going to learn. You're going to learn the tactics. You're going to learn those skills. But I think caring is the most important thing. Uh, and I definitely see that from my parents. So I, I think as a leader myself, in terms of, you know, when I've led other people, and just caring about the people that you are leading, not see them as followers, but see them as future leaders um, and, and treat them appropriately. Absolutely. And that will help, like you said, that will, that will also put you in a mindset to to continue to learn yourself if you need to, you know, when you put those other people first, I think that's fantastic. So then uh, knowing what you know now at this stage in your life, if you could go back at any point in time and talk to the earlier you, what would you say? When would that be? And how would you shock yourself to shock your potential further, faster, or to keep you exactly on the same path that you've been on? I think um, as to what, when I would go back, I'm not sure, but I guess it would probably be around teenage to college years. And that would be simply to say uh just it's okay to fail okay and and failure is what's going to help you grow 
um, and, and not to be afraid of making mistakes and taking decisions. Uh, and even if those decisions turn out to be quote unquote wrong, because they're, they're never they're never really wrong. Um, so for me, it would be um, just fail, fail more often, learn from it, um, just make the, make make decisions, even if you know, because often I I don't you know I like to do lots of different things, and so I don't like to cut off from other possibilities. So sometimes it took me longer to decide things, or or longer to specialize in things. And even now, you can tell from my model, you know, I like a lot of different things. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not yeah, I'm not yeah, that kind absolutely. of the person who's just gone down the rabbit hole of nutrition or just gone down the rabbit hole of meditation, uh, mm-hmm. because I, I do have a broad range of interests. But I think. Um, if I'd got into the habit of earlier saying, you know what, you can focus on one thing and then you can move on to the next thing, um, that probably, uh, that would probably stand me in good stead. <laughs> well, and I think to your point though, it's when all those things are in balance or at least as in balance as they can be yeah. that you find the true superhero within yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I mean, if you, if, cause the thing is that the blessing and the curse of, of what I have done is on the one hand, I see lots of things. And so necessarily, maybe I haven't specialized 100% into one thing. Um, but on the flip side, because I get to see it from a, a higher view, I can see how the, how the interplay of all these things connects. And, you know, whereas someone will think, oh, okay, you know what, mindfulness is now the big buzzword in, you know, it's going to be the answer to all my problems, yeah. all my issues are solved now, without realizing <laughs> that there, there's so many other things that they haven't factored into play. And and so I think it's, yeah. I think in a way the future belongs to the specialized generalist, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> I like that. Know, yeah. um, and, and so maybe it is a good thing. Who knows? I like yeah. it. Well, Harriet, it's been fabulous having you as a guest today. I'm very impressed. And people, we will have all of your contact information um, on the show notes. But if they want to reach you on your website, I'm going to allow you to spell it all out for them. One way, if they, if they want to get... Um, a free set of video series on habit change and mindset change and things like that, just head to the thoughtgym.com. That's probably the easiest way. Uh, to, so the, the T-H-E thought as in thinking T-H-O-U-G-H-T and then gym as in workout, G-Y-M.com. Uh, uh, and I'm the thought gym on all social media so they can get hold of me that way. And then, yes, I do have another website with more blogs and things, and uh, but they'll be able to find that via via those other channels i'm sure if they just put thought jim in beautiful uh, find... i'll put them yeah. all on there so we can find you yes because i now that i finally learned how to pronounce your last name i don't <laughs> think i want to try and spell it without screwing it up yeah, even though i'm looking not, at it right now it's not the easiest one uh, <laughs> i did try to get harry.com but that's that's owned by someone else at the moment <laughs> Well, and your website is is great, by the way. I um I had an, I enjoyed uh, taking a look and listening to a couple of your clips, and I had just uh, hoped to walk into a couple of your blogs before we had to get on, um, but I'll check out. I, I love it when there's content there that people can yeah. continue to go to yeah. and use it to expand their horizon. Yeah, there's there's like 150 plus blogs on on there and uh, videos on YouTube, all sorts of stuff. Lots mm-hmm. of lots of free content for people, so they can go to uh, they can find me that way. Yeah. Fabulous. Well, Harry, thank you. It has been such a pleasure having you today. Any last words of wisdom for my audience? Um, not really. Just um, one thing I would say is, you know, stay strong, stay super. I love it. Thank you so much. It was very nice visiting with you today, and I look forward to speaking again. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. My book, Tell Me More, 
How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees is available on Amazon and through my website. And look for my second book later this year, Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget, shock your own potential today. The second edition of my book, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, will be available on Amazon after September 24th. In the meantime, if you'd like to know a little bit more about it, text the words, tell me more, to 72000. That's 72000 and the words, tell me more, for your free first 10 pages of the book 